0: Glory of God. That's what we're all about. Okay? So we continue to be a church that's focused on what God has called us to. And that is loving Jesus and loving others and growing in Christ and going and serving our community, serving each other. And so that's what we're all about. And this morning we are continuing our uh, five part series called Sweat the Small Stuff. Yeah? Anybody learning anything about sweating the small stuff over the last few weeks? Yeah, yeah, the small things are important. Muy importante, okay? Small things matter, so make your bed. Sons who are still at home with me, make your bed. Small things matter. So, um, <laughs> but we're talking about where uh, little things can make a huge difference in our lives. Little things make a huge difference in our families. And in our work, it's the little things. And so our theme uh, scripture for this has been Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12, where Jesus says, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest in greater responsibilities. If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the riches of heaven? If you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And so... Jesus calls us to practice excellence in all things, to practice excellence in uh, even the things that we consider insignificant, even the things that we consider small, and so today we're talking about sweating the small stuff, you guys, in our relationships, yeah, our relationships, all of our relationships, not just our marriage relationships, but our relationships with our co-workers, our relationships with our family members, our relationships with our friends, And so, uh, it is important that we sweat, we sweat the small stuff in those things. After almost 30 years of marriage, guys, in like two months, I will have been married 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. That's a long time. We've been married longer than some of you guys have been alive. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People like, like Evan and, and Barbie and, uh, (laughs) We've been longer than, you know, a lot of people have been alive. And so uh, so I, we've been through it all. And um, most of our arguments, which we still have arguments today, you don't stop arguing after 29 years, you just get better at it. And uh, you learn how to argue better in ways that honor each other. Um, but it's the little things that get on each other's nerves, not the big things that cause arguments most of the time. It's usually the little stuff. Um, I did a little bit of googling. I don't know if you guys heard of this thing called Google. I stopped using Alta Vista um, and and moved over to Google. Some of you nerds might know what I'm talking about. Uh, to see what things men and women really appreciate about in their relationships. Okay, and what's interesting is it's all small stuff. It's all small stuff. Uh, Women really appreciate it when their boyfriend or husband cleaned up after themselves. (laughs) Amen. We got hankies waving. Okay? Just cleaned up after themselves. And you know what? Parents appreciate that about their children too. Um, uh, Women appreciate uh, when their men just answered texts promptly. Just promptly answered texts. They appreciate that. Uh, women appreciate it when their man just watches her show with her. Yeah. Even if that show was Gilmore Girls, right? Man, just, all of a sudden women are like, yeah, come on, new girl. And uh, so, but like they just appreciate it when their man watches their show with her. Women appreciate it when their men go shopping with her, go shopping with her. When Wendy and I were married, I remember like the first probably five years, Every week when it was grocery grocery shopping night, we went together. And that was sort of like, you know, uh, like a a, a poor man's date. Let's go grocery shopping together. But I remember going to Cub Foods in uh, Denver and walking through there and goofing around. That was a weekly thing to do. And then the other thing that women really appreciate about their men is when they listen well. Listen well. (laughs) It's like, amen, amen. And so they appreciate when they listen well. Put, put down their phone and give them their attention and all those things. So sometimes Wendy will come in and talk to me and I might be in the middle of something and she'll just stop talking, which means you're doing something else while you're listening to me. Stop doing something else and listen, right? They appreciate when they listen well. Uh, for men, men really appreciate it when their girlfriend or wife said thank you. When they did something nice. Yeah. So like when the man did something nice, when the man did a chore, did something unexpected, you know, whatever, that they said thank you. Uh, men like it when women hug them hello and goodbye. You yeah, know, that's meaningful to men, to, to get a hug and Right? Unless you're kind of spectrum and, you know, you don't really care about affection. That doesn't matter, you know. But uh, men really appreciate it in general. <laughs> Nathan's back there going, eh, well, yeah. <laughs> whatever, if you want to. Um, but men appreciate it being hugged hello or goodbye. Um, men like to be told that they're handsome. They, they're looking good. They, they like that small thing. Uh, I, men like just this very small thing of just getting a little rub on the back. They like that, just a little rub on the back, a little whatever, and uh, and then men really liked it when their girlfriend or wife listened well. What? What are you telling me? Both parties enjoy being listened to. They feel honored. They appreciate that. Yes, listening. Unfortunately, you know, we live in like such a culture where being really heard or being listened to is such a gift because everybody's talking and nobody's listening, and so uh, listen well. Maybe you can relate to those things, I don't know. I remember one time we were with another couple at a pizza place, and they, they blew up in an argument, and it wasn't over something big, it was over what they were going to put on the pizza. Like, they, you remember that, honey? It was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. I got this couple across the table from us and they're like, yeah, just get whatever you want then. You know, I'm like, oh, I think there's something beneath this. I don't think this is about pizza toppings. I think there's a thing beneath this thing, right? You know, but, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you found yourself in a relationship and, and not because of a single instance of a small thing, but because of months or years of small things being neglected, things blew up, right? I remember way back in grade school, my mom had one very small, simple request of me and my older brother. Just one thing, just one thing, lift the dang seat when you go pee, okay? That was her one thing, that was her one thing. And I remember after, you know, we were probably, you know, five and seven or something like that, uh, maybe even younger And just not doing it, not doing it, not doing it, it built up to a big deal, right? And you know what my mom did? After either my brother and or I littered the seat once again with our pee-pee, she decided she had had enough. That's enough. Enough's enough. And you know what she did? She made us take turns sitting in it. Yes. She had sat on enough wet seats... And she wanted us to know how it felt like. I never forgot to lift the seat again in my entire life, entire life. It was the small things, and she had had enough. And now I always lift the seat, right? But then we got a cat that likes to drink out of the toilet, and he gets mad at us if the seat's down. So we have to keep the seat up at all times so that he can get up in there and get his little drink. So he's a disgusting animal, and... uh, (laughs) I don't know about him. He's mangy and disgusting. He's missing a t- tooth. He's, it's like living with, a, with some sort of geriatric, you know. He's, he's always just like, just grumpy. And he is. Oh, he's terrible. He's, he's terrible. He <laughs> likes to be cradled like a baby all the time. I don't know, you know. So always, you know, I always have to remind him to take his Geritol. But uh, so what kind of small stuff? Should we sweat? What are we supposed to be sweating when it comes to our relationships? You know, and again, not just our dating relationships, but all of our relationships, big and small. You know, what does God's Word have to say? And so we're going to talk about the small stuff that God's Word is telling us to sweat uh, in our relationships. First, let's pray real quick. God, we love you so much, and we praise you. Lord, um, I ask that you would let your Word come alive in us today, that it would would, uh, take root in our hearts and bear good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're watching online today, I just want you to, like, type in the comments the small stuff that you appreciate when people do. All right? So we're going to start off. We're going to be uh, read Paul's words in, in Philippians chapter 2. Uh, he's talking to the, to the Philippian church. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. And he's kind of giving this, almost this... uh I don't know, he's just given this list of things that, as as a church, we, we can relate to each other. But he says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in his spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Okay, so that's the first thing. Everybody say, tender and compassionate. Yes. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another, okay? And working together with one mind and purpose. God loves it when we're one mind and purpose. God loves it when we're unified. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So if you remember one thing this morning about sweat and the small stuff in all of our relationships, it's this... That's a little humility goes a long way towards growing healthy relationships with others. Right? A little humility goes a long way. Okay. And so, uh, you know, in our culture, we're not a humility culture. All right. We're not. A, you guys. When we go shopping for clothes, do we look for the most humble clothes? <laughs> no. Right. When, humility is really not in the DNA of our culture. And so this is very uh, counterintuitive, you know, in a world where if you got it, flaunt it, you know, that sort of thing, wanting to be respected, wanting to be esteemed, wanting to be noticed, our social media culture. I was talking to a guy recently who uh, works, uh, I think he either owned or managed a fitness center, and he said, uh, he said, sometimes people will come in to our fitness center and they'll set up and they'll leave out like weights everywhere. And they'll they'll get out the bench and everything. And then they'll get out their phone and they'll take a bunch of pictures for Instagram. And then they'll go put the weights away and go home without even having worked out, right? So we live in a culture that says, notice me, look at me, hear me, right? But Jesus says, humility. He wants us to walk in humility. And so Paul is reminding believers to be humble and in fact, he said that we should have the same attitude that Jesus had. So humility is, is Christ's likeness, who gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave. Because humility, what's so important about humility, is that it helps us to accept each other's differences. Humility doesn't divide us. Humility doesn't say you against me and you think that way and you do that. Humility unites us. It helps us to accept each other's differences instead of allowing our differences to to divide us and define us. And so humility helps us to learn from each other. Because here's the thing, you can't be teachable and proud at the same time. You can't. Humility helps us to be teachable. If you feel, well, I can't learn anything from that person, I can't learn anything from these guys, I can't learn... You know, it's usually, there's pride at the root of that, okay? No matter how humble you believe you are, you might think you're the humblest person on earth. And if you do, you've got a pride problem. <laughs> because no one has ever bragged to me about their humility except for real prideful people. Okay, because people do that. Has anybody ever said that to you? I'm kind of one of the most humble people I know. Yes, okay. Uh, that 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 is a sure red flag, all right. And so humility keeps us from learning from each other. Humility helps us to keep from fighting, from fighting, right? Because humility has an honest conversation, an honest discourse, but pride is a fight. Humility, it's what helps keep us together. Humility helps to keep us together. And so humility helps us to see Jesus, helps others to see Jesus in us, and helps us to see Jesus in others. Humility, it's a big deal. And so what are some of the, some of the like humble practices that we're going to extract out of Philippians 2, 1 through 8? And the first thing is to show interest or listen. That's a small thing that you can do that will improve your relationships. Is simply to show interest in others. Is to listen, right? Have you ever gotten together with somebody and um, instead of there being this sort of exchange where you're listening and learning from each other and you're learning about each other, the other person just won't shut up about themselves? Everything comes back around to them. You can be like... Oh my goodness, I I I'm really upset. Um uh, so a tragedy happened in my life. I just got a uh you know a, a medical report, someone just passed away in my family, and 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 you tell them, and inwardly you're go, you're hoping to maybe just get uh, a blessing, a little sympathy, a little understanding, and instead they just go, Oh, I know my dog just died. Oh, I know, you know, I just got diagnosed with this. You know, and it's just like I think somehow or another you're missing the point, all right? But humility listens. It shows interest in other people. When we truly listen, and I'm talking about not just being quiet while the other person talks so that you can think about what you're going to say when they're done, all right? If if you are thinking about what you're going to say when they're done with their sentence, you're not listening, okay? Okay? And so that's not true listening. That's not true interest in others. But when we really listen to other people, it shows honor to the other person. It shows humility. Okay? And so uh, think about that for just a second. And we could stop right there because we're all guilty of doing that. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say when they're done. Because they said said something that made me think of something and I'm going to say it as soon as they're done talking. Right? Now just listen. Just listen. Okay? here's here's, Be curious. I think there's a certain humility to curiosity. You know, when we listen to other people, one of the greatest gifts that we can give them is listening and having a little bit of curiosity. Okay? Be curious about the other person. Hear what they have to say. Ask questions. I think we've kind of lost the art of asking questions. A good question shows that we're listening. A good question shows that we're curious. Right? Have you ever noticed that when you share something, rather than uh, you know being uh, uh, being responded to with a question, maybe asking a little deeper because I want to know a little bit more, a lot of times it's just talk, talky, 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 talky. You know, our, as soon as we talk, our ears close, and so uh, it would be, wouldn't it be wonderful if we just kind of lived in a world where we just talked less? Oh my God, the, the number of words that we hear every day is just ridiculous, and so. Um, we, we, don't, uh, we don't know how to listen. Ask questions. It helps the other person feel valued. Right? And it brings you closer because you know a little something about them. It, it fosters a certain level of intimacy and closeness of honor and value when we just learn to listen to show interest in other people. Okay? And then Paul says that pretty straightforward, you know, don't don't look out only for your own interests. Think of others as better than yourself. Take interest in others, he says. And so it's a very, you know, listening, good listening is a very biblical quality. So show interest and listen. The second is, is err on the side of compassion, right? Er, Err on the side of compassion. And, and don't just do this with, you know, people face-to-face, but, you know, do this online. Do this, you know, whenever you hear, you know, somebody saying crap about somebody else, err on the side of compassion. Don't be quick to judge, right? Don't judge or assume the worst of other people, okay? It's so important that we do that. And our, our impulse to judge uh, kind of helps to feed the media machine, Right? And I don't want to get too far into that, but our impulse to judge others feeds that division, feeds that sort of media machine. Um, but don't judge or assume the worst about other people. Okay, um, Judging others, what it does is it damages relationships. Judging others damages relationships. Judging is the opposite of closeness. Okay, so all judging does is it puts up a wall between you and the person that you are judging. You can't judge a person and be close with them at the same time or be intimate with them. And so uh, we tend to judge others for, you know, what they do, don't we? Other people get judged for what we see or or we we think we saw them do this. We interpreted they did that and we judge them for it. But ourselves, we don't judge ourselves for our actions. We judge ourselves for our motives, don't we? We judge ourselves for our intentions. I meant to do this, therefore I'm a good person, but that person didn't say anything when they walked past me, and I'm judging them for not saying anything, right? We don't know what their intentions were. Mine could have been a million miles away. And so uh, we have to kind of break this habit of judging people because judgment comes out of pride, doesn't it? You can't be humble and judge people. You can't be, I'm, I'm humbly judging that person for not stroking me just right. Okay? So, listen, uh, err on the side of compassion. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. Wouldn't that be wonderful if, if we just did that alone, giving each other the benefit of the doubt, they didn't say hi to me, they said something that rubbed me the wrong way, you know, instead of, instead of just judging them, maybe going, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're going through crap, and I just don't know what they're going through. you know. And so everybody's got their things. When we are interacting with other people, most of the time, we're just seeing the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And so maybe if we gave them the benefit of the doubt, wow, what a harmonious place we could be. Right? You'd have a little more unity. And so if, you're, if your husband comes home and forgets to pick up the milk just like you asked him to, it doesn't mean he doesn't value you. Okay? And if you're kind of talking about being a little sore, and your wife doesn't reach over and start rubbing your back, it doesn't mean all she thinks about is herself. Okay? So, err on the side of compassion. Don't judge. Don't judge. Right, honey? That's right. That's right. I don't know. I, just, honey, I'm feeling a little sore. I'm feeling a little sore right now. See, all she she thinks about is herself. (laughs) She's thinking about why I didn't pick up milk, right? Listen, Christians should be professionals at showing each other compassion, at showing each other grace, about giving each other the benefit of the doubt, okay? I know in church we have these really high expectations. We really do so many times people will leave the church because they weren't stroked just right. And excuse me for using that term, but that's just how it is, right? They, they'll leave the church and they're like, I, I missed two, two Sundays and nobody called me. Huh? Oh, okay. So you weren't reached out to, you weren't stroked just right. Is, you know, so now you're going to judge the church and say that they don't care, they didn't like you, blah, 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 blah. Right? But if we learn to just give each other the benefit of the doubt and understand that each of us are humans, all of us are humans, right? And people leading small groups are humans, and people, you know, uh, who are on our greeting team are human. Our children's team—they're just human beings, right? And we shouldn't hold each other to this this standard of perfection that none of us could ever live, including Wendy and I. I mean, we had parts of our brains replaced by. Uh, special Bible software circuitry, but still, still, we're still just human, right? So, err on the side of compassion. Don't judge or assume the worst. And the third thing is, is think of each other as better than yourselves. And how do we do this? You know, one of the ways that we uh, show that we honor people is with a simple please and thank you. And what do I mean by that? And it's the language that we use with each other. You're, there's an old saying, familiarity breeds contempt, and it's, it's true. There's truth in that, it's, and, and a lot of that times it means we lose our manners once we get to know each other. You know, how many times uh, do we hear stories about people who got married, and then like five years later, they're like, he's not the same person I married. She's not the same person I married. Is because in that, after that time, after that sort of like, well, you know, that, that time of getting to know each other, and you're kind of loving on each other, and we have, we, we're at our best, we get familiar, we get comfortable, we relax, and then we're not as kind, right? We lose our manners. And I've seen a lot of couples that have been married to each other for a while, and they neglect those words, please and thank you. Instead, they have a sense almost like, you owe me, no, you owe me, no, you owe me, Right? And they, they snip at each other. And they, they, they no longer show each other honor or respect. And, and, of course, it's always the other person's fault. If they would have treated me better, if they would have said please and thank you to me, if they would have blah, 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 blah right? But that's not biblical love, right? And so, because what you're talking about there is, is reciprocal love. But love isn't reciprocal. Love isn't a contract. We're not talking about transactional love. You love me right, and therefore I'll treat you right. And if you, you know, have a bad day, then I'm going to snip back at you. And so that's, that's not love. That's not honor and respect. And so um, simple things like thank you, and you're welcome, and may I, and excuse me, and I'm sorry, they go a long way in humility. Those are very Christ-like you know, words to use in our relationship. All right? And it kind of leads me to this last thing, and that's that serving. You know, Paul talks about serving one another, right? To serve. Even when you think it's the other person's turn. Well, I did this last time. Well, I did that last time. Well, it's kind of your turn. All right. You know, that's not Christ-like serving. There are few things that are more like Jesus than serving others. Right? When you think about serving... And you're like, I want to be like Jesus. Okay, if you want to be like Jesus, go serve someone. If you want to be like Jesus, serve your spouse. Serve your friends. If you want to be like Jesus, serve. Just just get up and do. Wash the dishes without being asked. How about that one? That's a a real loving sign, right? I tell you what, if I get out there, I roll up the sleeves, I start washing dishes, I start doing stuff, it's going to be a good night. Don't be a good night. Just saying, okay? And so, when we serve each other, when we serve our families, when we serve our churches, when we serve our spouses, when we serve our friends. What are we doing? Is we're honoring them. We're honoring them, and it's a small thing. We're honoring them, and we honor Jesus. Um, and listen, I know a lot of you might be thinking to yourself, "Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes I need to give somebody else the opportunity to be like Jesus." <laughs> right listen try your best anyway try try to out-jesus each other <laughs> try to serve each other try to out-serve each other okay and so serving what it does is serving fosters humility if you if you have a pride issue which if you're humble enough to admit that you have a pride issue i do sometimes sometimes i got a pride issue right and you can one of the best ways to just sort of like knock that pride issue down, it's just serve somebody else with humility. It's just serve. And you're like, but I don't feel it. I don't want to be fake. Listen, just do it anyway. Because most of the time in our lives, the feelings follow the actions. So many times we're like, well, I'll do it when I feel it because I want to be authentic. Well, somebody's like, don't say it. That's BS, Okay. And so, uh, listen, in our lives, our, our feelings follow our actions. We can't use our feelings as, as like a get out of, you know, get out of this action free. Okay? And I remember being at a prayer meeting one time and I asked somebody if they would pray and they went, if I feel like it. If I feel the Lord lead me to pray. And I'm like, if we only do when, we, when the feelings are there, you know what we're going to do? We're going to eat a lot. Because we always feel like eating, right? We're, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're going to eat and we're going to watch TV and, uh, and other things that uh, I can't say in church. But uh, we've, we've got to act and our feelings follow. A lot of times feelings follow. And so people say, well, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, do a few things and see, you know, see what happens after you do them. Don't wait around for a feeling. Okay, so uh, if we serve with a, you know, serve humbly, it fosters that humility. It shows that we love other people. It shows that we love other people. It is a living demonstration of the love that Jesus has for them. You are showing them, you are demonstrating Christ's love for them by serving them. That's why uh, I, we love our children's ministry. Our children are being served back there. And it's this demonstration of love. And it's not about feelings. It's not about, I don't know if, what, if this is what I'm called to do, whatever. But those kids back there are being loved. They're being loved by people who are serving them. Okay? To, we have this thing. We have uh, our club, which you saw, you know, the, the video of. And so the the older that I get, the less I want to do anything after 7 p.m okay? I'm just saying, you know, the older I get, all of a sudden it's like by 7, I don't even care. I want to be on the couch, or I want to have a book in my hand. I just want to be watching TV. I want to have my feet up. I'm tired by 7 seven o'clock. I don't know what it's going to be when I'm 60. You know, after 4 p.m., I'm done. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but it just keeps getting earlier and earlier every year. And so by the time we do club on Tuesday nights, I'm just really tired, and I don't feel like it right? But th- I know that as I serve these kids, they're seeing a reflection of Jesus. Like my serving them may be the only Jesus they ever see all month long. And so when we serve, we're a reflection of Jesus. And, and it fills them and it fills us. And so we have to understand that. It's not about how we feel, but when we do it, people see Jesus as a living demonstration of the love of that Jesus has for them, and so as as we wrap up today, I just I want to think about the words of Jesus in John chapter thirteen okay verse thirty five and if you 're not familiar with the story, if you 're not familiar with John thirteen, it was Jesus last night, his very last night with his disciples okay and and it's his last night before he 's crucified, and what he does during this time, you know like he doesn't like sit them down and go, guys, it's my last night, okay? And so I want to I drop some wisdom with you, which he does. But what he does is he literally takes time to wash all of their feet. And then he goes, hey, do what I did. Do what I do. He washes their feet. It's, it was lowly, it was humble act of service. And then he says this to his disciples, he says this, he says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another. Think about that for just a second. A lot of times I think we get confused. I think that we think our church attendance will prove to the world that we are his disciples. We think my knowledge of the word and how much better it is than most of rest of you guys will prove that I am his disciple. That's not it, right? It's our love for each other. It's your love for the person sitting next to you. It's your love for the person sitting in the back back there. It's your love for the people up here. It's your love for each other that proves that you are a disciple of Jesus. It's not your criticism of other disciples. It's not your criticism of other Christians that prove that you're a disciple of Jesus. It's not your criticism of the pastor across town. It's not your criticism that proves that you're a disciple. Even if you have the entire Bible memorized, it doesn't prove that you are a disciple of Christ. According to Jesus, he says, it's your love for each other. It's your love for each other that proves that you are his. It's our love for each other. It's not our super spiritual talk. It's not our position on a team. It's not leadership. It's our love for each other. And it's right here. Because Jesus says that you love for each other. It's right here. It's your love for the person sitting in front of you right now. That proves that you are a disciple of Jesus. Okay, A lot of hugging going on back there. People just loving on the person sitting in front of them. And so my question to you is this. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? If you're humble and honest with yourself, how are you doing with that? Okay. Are you really listening and showing interest in each other? Are you? Are you really listening? It's funny, every once in a while, every couple of years, I'll have somebody just tell me, I'm not connecting with anybody And I'll just kind of watch them week after week, how they sort of make a beeline for the door and they don't really talk to anybody. Well, I think I know why you're not connecting with anybody. I I think I've got that figured out. How is your love? How is your love for each other, right? Are we showing compassion? Are we showing grace instead of judging? Are we showing esteem to each other, right? Are we showing courtesy and respect to each other? Are, Are we... Are we serving as though we were serving Jesus himself, right? right? Are, we, are, we taking, are we taking the toddler to the bathroom that we're watching back there with the kids as if we were taking Jesus to the bathroom, right? Sounds funny, but that's what we're doing, right? Are we making coffee just like we were making coffee for Jesus, okay? Are we playing just like we were playing for Jesus, Those are important questions. Those are important things to ask ourselves, right? Uh, I want you just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, right? To show you where where you can bring greater humility into all of your relationships. How can we bring greater humility into all of our relationships? And so I'm going to pray. I don't know if the worship team wants to come back. That would be fine. But I want to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to uh, challenge us Challenge ourselves, the prayer team is going to go back there. And if you need prayer today, maybe you need prayer today, maybe you're just like, you know what? Yes, I need help in this area. Sometimes pride raises its ugly head. It requires humility to go back and get prayer. It really does. Um, but uh, yeah, if you just need prayer in this area, I'd, include, I'd encourage you to get prayer, okay? And uh, so let's let's do this. Let's go ahead and stand and pray in will